Hey guys, how's it going? I hope you're doing well. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and I want to welcome you to my channel. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, very simple stuff here, the introduction to each type. Um, maybe you're new to the Enneagram or maybe, um, you know, a refresher wouldn't be bad for all of us. Uh, I'll be referring back to one of the first books I ever picked up, uh, The Wisdom of the Enneagram by Riso and Hudson. Fantastic book. And uh, I'm just looking through it and uh, going back to the old faithful standards, you know, and uh, just reading through uh, some of the information. And I thought, let's just go back and let's do the introduction because maybe you're new to the Enneagram and uh, um, you might uh, have a hard time typing yourself. And hopefully a video like this will help you um, rule out at least maybe some of the possibilities. Um, like I said before, welcome to the channel. In the description below is a link to my website. I do offer coaching appointments. I know that uh, they're kind of booked up for the next couple of weeks, but um, if you want to reach out to me, I'd love to, uh, uh, to meet with you. Also, I'm excited about the certificate program, the Enneagram Coaching Certificate, uh, to try to help people learn to do essentially what I'm doing, um, help people using the Enneagram as a basis um, to uh, help people who sometimes can we can get stuck in life and maybe be a little unbalanced in our type and um, not be doing so well in our relationships. And um, the Enneagram is a powerful tool for helping people sort of figure out who they are and what their strengths and weaknesses are and their challenges and then hopefully you know, not be so limited by those, by their personality type. So if you're interested in the certificate program, um, the information's on the website and I'd love for you to sign up and, uh, and be a part of one of our cohorts, the uh, exciting stuff. Thank you again to my patrons. I really appreciate your support as well. So let's jump into, um, let's jump into the information today. So when you think about the Enneagram, you know, um, we go around the dial and most of us start with number one. And when I think about number one or type one, um, you know, I think about the dad, the proverbial dad energy, you know, the uh, let's get it right. We're, we're not eating our dessert until we eat our vegetables. We're not, um, you know, going to go on uh, um, vacation until all the work's done. And uh, let's step up to the plate and be responsible. Let's take a look at what, uh, what um, our authors say about type one, the, the perfectionist, the reformer, the, the owner of the truth. Um, a principled idealistic type. Yes, idealistic. Sevens, ones, and fours are all idealists um, in the sense of things could be better. Uh, with sevens, it's more about the experience. With fours, it's the environment and uh, the the relationships and 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 the the uh, the how the the setting feels and all of that. And with ones, it's it's a little more black and white. I think with ones, it's like you know these towels could be folded better. These dishwasher could be sorted more properly. Um, you know the car could be cleaner and you could be more on time. And so idealism, that's a good thing, but obviously it's going to you know lead to anger which is the sin of the one uh frustration when things aren't the way they're supposed to be when people aren't doing what you know they should do or even against oneself that i didn't get it right or um i made a mistake and a lot of that anger could could uh you know be imposed on themselves always think of eights you know having a rottweiler they could just attack at any time. You know, the German shepherd that's ready to, to, to pull on the sock and argue and debate and challenge. And I think of ones as having sort of the Rottweiler that lives in their head that uh, often attacks them. You know, the angry parent voice within their head that scolds them and um, corrects them so that they don't necessarily need an external scolding or an external correction because it's all right there in their head. Must be lovely to live with that. I think all of us have a little bit, you know, of experience with that, but I'm sure not near to the extent that a type one does. And I'm, I imagine most type ones are a little bit bewildered when they see people doing foolish, reckless uh, things that, you know, are irresponsible. They must think, don't you have a, uh, a guide in your head that tells you not to do that stuff? And, um, 
you know, it can be really helpful for you as a type one to learn about the Enneagram and realize, oh, not everybody shares that, you know, that component, at least to the degree in which you, which you share. When I, by the way, when you see eights, nines and ones, particularly eights and ones, you know, when you see them angry, particularly ones, just remember, it's not the end of the world. Uh, You're seeing an anger type getting angry. You're seeing somebody who has the sin of anger displaying that. And don't, don't panic because, you know, for, for you, who's not a type one, you know, when you see a one getting angry, you might think, oh my goodness, you know, they have such a temper or they're so aggravated all the time. Um, well, they're giving into their impulse and we all do it in our own types. Okay. So just recognize that you might want to be a little bit more patient and by all means, try not to be critical of them. They already have a Rottweiler living in their head you know, that is highly critical and demanding of them. And anything you say will just add on to, uh, to their overly critical perception of themselves. So you want to be cautious. I think also you want to be cautious when you criticize twos um, as well. Uh, they, they're very soft, loving people that, you know, want to be pleasing and, it can, and appreciated. And it can be very damaging to ones and twos, I think, if we're, if we're overly critical. We might come across overly critical with them. Okay, I'm not saying that they're, you know, that they can't handle it. I'm just saying every type has its, uh, you know... Um, challenges. Okay, let's just leave it that, at that. Ones are ethical and conscientious. I agree. Although I've met some ones that that um, they say they want to know what the rules are so that they know how to get around them. And maybe that person was the reformer, the sexual one, the counter one. I don't know. But but I, I thought that was interesting that, you know, when I think of ones, I think of the proverbial manager that's going to show up, make sure everything's done right, do things the right way, be responsible, check it off the list. They wake up with the mindset of what needs to be done today. They're not necessarily thinking, oh, I want to do this, and oh, I want to go get that, and oh, I want to have this experience. They're much more down to earth, uh, you know, do what needs to be done. Is this really what we need to be doing right now? Let's focus on the essentials. Let's get those right. Let's do those things the way they're supposed to be done. And um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, and then you can rest. At the end of the day, then I've known ones that are very lighthearted, very strong line to seven, uh, that almost seem like sevens. Uh, but I, again, I can't know what's going on in their head. Um, and, and they may look on the outside very upbeat, playful, energetic, positive, but um, there's no telling, you know, how much oneness might be going on inside their head, um, you know, scolding themselves and all of that. And I don't think sevens, you know, <laughs> I know that sevens aren't, aren't, aren't like that. Okay, so uh, a strong sense of right and wrong, yes. And, you know, that's a gut type. So it's, it's, it's internal, the right and wrong. And it may not, and you would think, oh, ones are always going to follow the rules. Not so much. Um, like I said before, the person, you know, person I'm thinking of that, you know, wants to know the rules so they can get around them. Um, you know, if you know what's right or you know what's best and you're the owner of the truth, for example, um, when you, when you come across guidelines or regulations that are out of date that need to be updated, um, you know, I think a one might have the tendency to say, you know what, this is not, this is not the right way to do this. This is not the most efficient way to do this. This is not the correct way to do this. We're going to do it like this instead. Um, I would imagine that ones, you know, would like to go with their gut on those decisions, although there may be some kind of challenge um, in skirting the rules or skirting the regulations to do what they know. I'm sure some ones are stronger on that than, than others, but but I think when you think about following the regulations, I think much more like a six. And sixes can look like ones, especially the social six, can look like a one. But I think they're going to be much more tied to the regulations and the procedures than a one would be. I think a one might think this is not the best way to do this. This is not the most efficient. This is not going to get it done. And so we're going to bypass this written rules in order to get it done and get it done efficiently and in the right way or the more updated way. I think ones are going to trust their gut a little bit more than a six. A six is going to want to know, what do you think? Does this make sense? And they're going to want maybe that affirmation more than a one might. A one might not need people's affirmation. Uh, They may just know intuitively that this is what needs to be done. All right, so they could be teachers and crusaders. I think mentors 
Um, ones could be very good at mentoring others, striving to improve things, but afraid of making a mistake. Again, you got that Rottweiler living in your head that you know will tear you up if you make a mistake. Uh, sixes and ones both, I think, have a real hard time with with the idea of making a mistake. Uh, well organized, orderly, fastidious, um, high standards, but can become very critical and perfectionistic. Um, you know, in, in a true oneness, without two wing and without nine wing ones, you know, could be a little bit of a hanging judge that you know might say, if I help them, they'll never learn to help themselves. So ones need that two wing to soften them, make them a little more kind hearted, a little bit more understanding, um, a little more gracious, um, not so rigid in their thinking, uh, critical in their thinking. And then they need the nine wing to tell them to chill out a little bit, that, that, that they can't fix everything, that some things are beyond their control. And um, they need to lean on that nine to win, to, to take other people's perspectives, for example. Um, a one has a very strong perspective of the way things should be, and they might need to lean into that nine, uh, you know, chill out a little bit, okay? Uh, you know yourself. You know if you need to. All right, so they typically have problems with repressed anger and impatience. Repressed because it's not good to be angry. It's not good to show your anger, although anger leaks out, right? It leaks out whether you want it to or not. People can pick up on it. Um, and again, if you're living with a one and you see that angry face, Try not to panic. Um, you know they don't want to to come across as angry. They don't want to be angry. Um, it's just it's in their type. Okay, so uh, have a little graciousness and a little compassion. We all want to do that. We all want to have a little more grace and compassion. With at best, ones are wise, discerning, realistic, noble, as well as morally heroic. Yes, I have a deep respect for ones. Um, I have a a pretty strong line to one myself. And uh, as a counter seven, a social seven, and I, I really do appreciate ones. I think you know sevens and ones could be a good, good together. Like I think of um, a lot of examples. Uh, some of them don't come to my mind right now, um, but uh, a lot of examples like maybe Abbott and Costello or 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 Lucy and Ricky and kind of kind of these are old examples. I know. All right, let's talk about type two: the helper, the giver, the pleaser. Okay. Type two, twos, man, they are like magnets. They draw you in. Um, now, now we're moving away from the anger group to the worth and value group. So twos, threes, and fours are all dealing with this question. You know, where does my value come from? And twos um, sort of figure out or solve that problem by if if I'm helpful to others and I'm needed by others and I'm useful to others, then I have value to those people. So I have value because of my usefulness. Uh, to other people and my connections to other people and all that makes me a person of value. And again, it's not necessarily a cognitive thought. I don't think twos are out there thinking, what do I need to do to make myself valuable to people? I think it's just it's just in their programming and it may not be conscious thinking, but I think you could, you could say it like this, twos feel most uh, valuable when, when they're helpful, when they're focused on other people. And it's kind of like, I know what I'm here on earth to do. It's to be of help and service to people. And again, remember their sin is pride. So you might ask them, well, what do you need? How could we help you? And that's where they're going to be uncomfortable. They may not know what they need, or they may not be necessarily the spotlight or the camera's not on them. So they, they want to put the camera on others, which feels great, you know, to have all that attention lavished on you it's going to attract people to them um at least in the initial phases it will attract people to them um so uh but to know what they need can be difficult for for twos you know I always think of the twos as being the lady that's you know dying of cancer and the doctor says i'm sorry you know cindy but uh, there's nothing more we can do. And the two leans over, pats the doctor's hand and says, that's all right, doctor. Don't worry about me. I know where I'm going. I'll be fine. It's the the Lord's trying to teach you a lesson. It's that kind of, uh, you know, I'm here to help you, doctor. Um, I know I'm dying of cancer and I know that, you know, my life is almost over and I'm terminal, but, but I made these brownies for you and the good Lord, you know, is with me and, and he's, he, he wants you, you know, how can, it's like, I'm here to teach you or help you in some way, uh, to give you hope or, or to challenge your belief system, doctor. Uh, and, and 
that's wonderful. I'm not saying that's not wonderful. I'm just saying, can you see the pride in that? That I'm the patient, but I'm here to help the doctor. Again, I always think of twos as like the missionaries, right? And the, all the rest of us are the orphan children. You know, they're here to take care of us. And when the orphan children say, well, what can we do for you? The missionary is not necessarily comfortable with, with that arrangement, that one down position, you might say, you know, the one down position. And if you're a believer, if you're a Christian and you're a two, just remember Jesus often put himself in the one down position. You know, he goes to the woman at the well and he says, can, can you give me a drink? And so, you know, if your, if your goal is connection, uh, you don't always have to, to, to be the one serving in order to have the connection. You can also be the one served um, and and ask for help yourself, which is not easy for twos. I think twos would feel selfish if they're if they're asking for for help themselves. Okay, or stating their needs, or investigating their needs. Even investigating their needs could could maybe be difficult for for a two. All right, so they're caring and interpersonal. Interpersonal means they they care about relationships. They they are kind of like um, you know in a web of relationships. And they really want to be at the center of that. And I don't mean that they, that they, you know, want to take over everything. I just mean they, I think that they want to be connected to everybody. They want to feel that connection to everybody, that, that everybody loves me and I love everybody and we're all connected. And, you know, sixes, the, the um, self-preservation six often looks like a two. Um, the friendly six, you might say, um, who wants to be connected because of fear, you know, the world's a scary place and sixes want to be connected because if I, if I help others, then they'll be there to help me. And twos, I don't think it's about fear. It's about, um, you know, I feel valuable and important if, if I'm connected to people, if I have those open lines of connection with people. Now that can be very frustrating if you're a two, if for whatever reason, somebody important in your life is shutting down that connection. They're building a wall or they're withdrawing from you. And that can be very difficult for a two. You might see a two overcompensate to try to to gain that connection, and you know go overboard a little bit, um, and then maybe at some point get frustrated and just think, you know, there's either something wrong with me or there's something wrong with that person, and I just need to write them off because you know there there's something wrong with them. Um, that could that could very well be the way a two might think about it. Twos are empathetic, yes empathetic empathetic means they 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 sense people's needs okay now i think this is interesting you know a two may not be able to know their own needs all the time so well but they have this unique ability to to know what other people need i mean sometimes twos they tell me that they can walk into a room and they can just kind of sense what people need and they're often drawn to the person you know that that is important in their mind that has a need uh, somebody that um, they feel is valuable or that they feel that they could they could help in some way. And they, they often sense what people need even before sometimes the people themselves know what they need. Uh, I, and again, notice how, how ironic that is because then that same gift, that same ability, not so easy to, to return back on themselves. Just like nines. Nines can see everybody's perspective, but they have a hard time with their own perspective. Uh, sixes can solve everybody's problem, but sometimes they have a hard time feeling confident solving their own problem. Um, twos, they can pick up everybody's needs, but they sometimes have a hard time sorting out their own. Warm-hearted, sincere, yes, I believe I believe that. Friendly, generous, self-sacrificing, true. Of course, you know that push to an extreme could 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 maybe look like martyrdom. Um, which, you know, doesn't sound positive for the martyr or the people, you know, that are experiencing living with a martyr. Um, self-sacrificing. Yes. I mean, everybody appreciates that, right? Everybody appreciates somebody who's sacrificing their own needs for others. Um, but the reality is, is twos are people too. They, they can only be pushed so far and then they start to break down uh, because they're, they're just humans. I think of that song, uh, I'm Only Human. I don't remember who sang it, maybe Christina Perry, but that song, Only Human, that, listen to that. That, uh, that is a two, okay? That's, that's two stuff right there. Um, I can be who you need me to be, I can whatever, but, but then at some point, you know, I'm stretched beyond my ability to, to be able to deliver on all these needs. Um, 
and so they they could be pushed to what might look like martyrdom. They they can also be sentimental, flattering, flattering. The idea is like you know I'm going to shine the spotlight on you. You're wonderful. You're great. You know, and and everybody's attracted to that. You know, not everybody, but most of us. You know, are attracted to that. Um, somebody who's a cheerleader or somebody who is lavishing all this attention on us um, draws you in. It draws you in. And that's what I think it means by flattery, what I think the authors mean by flattery. I don't think twos, you know, necessarily out there flattering people, you know, uh, although maybe some, but I think it's more like the focus of the attention is on others, on, on, the, on their needs, on their agenda, on their... Let me put it this way. A two could sit down with two or three friends and over coffee and never really reveal anything about themselves. Um, we'll talk about vacations. They'll talk about kids. They'll talk about their children in school. They'll talk about their marriages. And a two, uh, if you are a two, just kind of reflect back. Does this often happen to you? You get to the end of that that lunch meeting or that coffee meeting and you've heard everything about them you've heard everything about their kids and about their marriage and about their vacation and their problems and their health crisis did 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 you feel the same inclination to share about yourself and again maybe part of it could be pride that i don't necessarily want to reveal the flaws and the failures, you know, or the challenges in my family. I want, I want my family to look, you know, like, like, especially if you're two wing three, you know, I want my family to look good. I think twos can end up being like sponges, you know, they take in all this information from others, uh, but maybe not necessarily reveal much about themselves. Now, if you do, great. Okay. I'm sure that some of you will. You'll be like, I disagree with you, Tom. Okay. All right. I'm sure. Uh, but I know in my own experience, twos will shine the attention on others and they will take in all this information about others. And, uh, and just because they legitimately are wanting to know and help people, they may not necessarily get a chance to talk much about themselves um, and their, you know, their story. Okay. Uh, flattering and, and people pleasing. Yes. A good book for twos, um, of course, would be Boundaries twos and nines probably especially nine wing ones uh but also the uh uh the disease to please i forget who wrote it it's over there on my shelf but just do a amazon search on the disease to please and if you find that you are maybe a little bit over pleasing for people you know um i've got a video i think on here when when loving you is killing me or when pleasing you is killing me or something i don't remember what videos i made um, okay, so they are driven to be close to others. They often do things for others in order to be needed. Again, that may not be a cognitive thought. Um, oh, I want to be needed by them. It, okay, it may not be necessarily that you're thinking it in that way. Um, they typically have problems taking care of themselves and acknowledging their own needs. Uh, at best, healthy twos are unselfish, altruistic. That means they love people without you know strings attached at best you know the lowest level of a two is the manipulator and so um at the highest level their love is very altruistic and they bring love into the world um the very thing they're looking for love and connection is what twos bring you know ones are looking for order and structure and of course that's what they bring and goodness order structure goodness those kinds of things and that's what healthy ones bring twos are looking for you know, connection, love, value, worth, and that's what they bring to to others, that sense of, of love and value. They have unconditional love for themselves and others when they're in their highest level. Great. Okay, so let's talk about type threes, the achiever, the winner. Now, okay, so the one is sort of the energy of the dad, the two is sort of the energy of the mom, and if you're a guy and a two, I don't mean that in a negative way, um, but it's that nurturing energy uh, of let me take care of you, let me help you, let me let me fix that, you know, let, let me be there with you through this, um, which we tend to associate with, you know, okay. So number three, the, the winner, the achiever, I think of, you know, let's keep going around the dial, is the oldest child. 
um, the overachiever. Look at me. Look what I can do. Look at my label. Look at uh, look at how you know bright my teeth are and how winning my smile is. Three wing two, the charmer. Look how charming I am. Uh, you can't not like me. Threes, they're observing the world. Okay, they're observing the world, and they're comparing themselves with everybody, and they're observing the world, and they look for what are the most admirable traits. What are the traits that people admire? What are the traits that people, you know, that, that make people get ahead in life? And then they, then they sort of put on those traits on their exterior. They put on those traits and they become the, the, what, you, what others most admire. So twos on one side of the line, you know, are shining the attention out. Threes are sort of putting the attention on, they're on themselves. They're looking out at the world and they're looking at what people admire and then they want to emulate those best characteristics of what, of what people admire. And it depends on the groups that they're in. You know, if they're in sports and that, or if they're in business or, or if they're in, um, you know, modeling or something, they're going to want to emulate the best of what they see. I've had, you know, threes tell me that, you know, that they, they like sports. And uh, maybe there's a sport that they've never really invested much time in. Let's just say basketball, okay? So they play basketball like, like, like I play basketball once a year or something, once every three years. And then, you know, they have opportunity to, uh, to, to meet a basketball coach and they, they have a chance to play with a, a professional basketball player or a college basketball player or a coach. And in their, in their mind, they're like, I need to show this coach that I'm as good as he is. I need to show this, this athlete that I'm as good as they are or better than them. And th- there's that drive within a three to, like, to achieve, to win, to go after the next goal. A two, you know, needs a three because they need to they need to focus a little bit of that attention on themselves and what are their goals and it's okay to have, you know, take care of my own needs and and I, I don't have to just make life about everybody else. I can I can focus a little bit on myself. Twos need that one wing. I'm back at twos for a second. Twos need that one wing to to make sure they're doing the right thing, not just the thing that will help them be connected to people. Um, Threes, they need a two wing because they need to focus the attention out on others and not just on perfecting themselves. And they also need the four wing to know their internal compass a little better. Uh, Because if you're just focused on what do I need to become to be the most admired person, um, you know, where's you in all of that? You know, where's your heart in all of that? And the three needs to sometimes press beneath that surface into the inner man or the inner person to really discover what they value and what is most important to them. Okay, not just what is going to win the trophy or win people's admiration. All right, so they they are adaptable. Adaptable. Now, that sounds positive, doesn't it? Adaptable. What's the negative side of adaptable? Um, you know, I think of like adaptable could be a negative trait because what if... What if you're adapting to an environment that is not not a good environment? What if the people admire things that are negative? You know, what if people uh, in your circle um, are rebellious and awful and terrible and um, criminals? Um, adaptable could sound a little bit like a chameleon, like you're going along with what people expect or want or admire whether those expectations are positive or negative. Um, Now, contrast that with a one who wants to be right, who wants to do good. You can see where a one could get frustrated with a three if they think the three is adapting too much to people's expectations in order to get ahead. You can see where eights could be very upset with a three. Um, Okay. Let's keep going. Success-oriented. Success-oriented. Again, that sounds great. Success-oriented. Who doesn't want to be successful? Question, though. Successful, who defines what success is? Um, well, your, your peer group, your group that you are associating with. I mean, your country, your nation, your, your media, your culture is defining success often. And and a three might not question, if they don't have a strong link to four, they might not question 
you know, when I get to the end of all of this success, will I really be successful in what is most valuable to me? Um, you might have all of the all of the outward symbols of success, but will that really feel successful um, when 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 you get to the end? You know, you you have to let it go. You have to leave it with others. And what do you really gain from all of this admiration of others? You there may be something more to live for than than that. Okay. They are self-assured, attractive, and charming. Attractive and charming. Okay. Um, and maybe it's not always in the sense of attractive like they're beautiful people, although chances are they are, um, or that's at least a priority for them, more so than maybe some of the other types. But attractive could look like, you know, I have uh, an attractive spouse, or I have an attractive job, or I have an attractive resume, or I have an attractive office um, or a title. And so attractive could look different depending on what you think is attractive. It could be athletic. You know, athletic, I associate in my mind being athletic with being attractive. And so I think we need to broaden our understanding of maybe a little bit of what attractive is because it's in the eyes of the beholder, right? Beauty's in the eyes of the beholder. So once they define what is attractive, then you might see a three moving toward that which is probably hard for threes to understand that the rest of us could say, yes, that's attractive, but I'm not really going to work to become that. <laughs> that's probably going to be difficult for threes to understand that, yes, I do agree that it would be more attractive to have abs, um, to, uh, you know, to be muscular, to, uh, to have hair. <laughs> I believe it would be more attractive to, um, to have a, uh, a, a new car to drive around in a new car but am I really going to put in the effort you know or the discipline to attain those things and my priorities are different um, I don't necessarily value whatever you get from being attractive um, that's probably got to be hard for threes to to wrap their mind around that they, they would look at they might tend to look at the rest of us like we're sheep or followers um, and they're not going to be sheep, you know, they're going to be lions, they're going to be champions, and the rest of us are settling. And, uh, you know, we don't have the hunger that they have, the drive, the determination. And, you know, all of those things, I think we all agree, are admirable. Sometimes nines get into to a little bit of problem, you know, when they, when they spend a lot of time around threes because nines have that line to three and they start thinking, you know, I need to be like that. I need to have that drive. Why don't I have that drive and that determination? Um, nines do have a drive, but it's not toward the same things that threes are driven toward. Um, and nines tend to fuse, you know, with, with whoever they're with. And so... Um, Okay, we'll talk about nines when we get to nines. But uh, I think it, back to threes, I think it could be a little bit confusing to threes why the rest of us can admire, you know, moving ahead or being successful or being attractive or being athletic or whatever it is um, or being educated, but then not necessarily have the determination and the discipline to to reach that goal. Um that's got kind of got to be bewildering to a threes. Just like to ones, if you know what's right, why aren't you doing what's right? To threes, if you know what what success is, then why aren't you driven towards success? Um, ambitious, com competent, and energetic. They also can be status conscious and highly driven. You know, again, driven in our culture, in American culture, sounds like a positive thing. I'm a driven, determined, busy, goal-oriented. Okay, all of that sounds very positive on the surface, but of course there's a dark side and a downside to that, right? Um, when I Another way to think about driven is you might think of cattle. <laughs> you know, you drive a herd of cattle. Um, if you go back to the Bible, right, Jesus drives out demons. Um, he asks his disciples to follow him, uh, he never drives his disciples or drives, you know, the crowds. 
uh, he leads them, but he doesn't drive them. Um, driven, I would just challenge you to think of it like this. We can all see what you're driven toward, okay? You're driven toward success. You're driven toward achievement. You're driven toward your goals. That looks very admirable, but flip it backwards and let me ask you, what are you driven away from? What is it that is so repulsive, uh, that is so painful, that uh, you are fleeing from in hot pursuit of these goals? And that's where the Enneagram you know, gives you that answer, worth, value, and shame. If I don't achieve these things, then who am I? You know, if I don't accomplish this, if I don't look great, if I'm not charming, if I'm not admirable, and I'm not all these best characteristics, then what would I be? I would just be ordinary? And ordinary is unacceptable. It's shameful. So we see what you're driven toward, but what are you driven away from? It's a very powerful thought, and it's a good thought for all of us on the Enneagram to consider. Because, you know, we can all see what we're running toward, or others can see it, uh, but it's a good question to think about what are we running from. All right, so they can be over-concerned about their image. Image is your external, your persona, your mask, all right? They can be a little bit over-concerned about how they're coming across to others, which look at the flip side of that, a little bit under-concerned as to you know their actual growth and development internally. And so I do a lot of appointments with people, and I'll have to be honest, I don't do a lot of appointments with threes, which is odd, isn't it? Because aren't threes always trying to improve themselves? Yet, the question one might ask is, are they trying to improve themselves internally? Um, Externally, sure. Let me take another course on how to move ahead and how to be more successful and how to reach my goals and how to network and all of those external things. Whiten my teeth. and but, but what about pausing to do internal work, work that people can't see? That, that's where I'm saying I don't see a lot of appointments with threes. So if you're a three, make an appointment, okay? Let's work on the inside too. Um, what else we got here? Um, workaholics, competitive, um, threes at their best are self-accepting. What does that mean? They're going against their shame, right? Self-accepting. I'm okay the way I am. Now let's start from that point of view. If I, if I were truly okay the way I am, in other words, if my cup was already full, would I still feel so driven to attain that which I'm trying to attain? That's a powerful thought because it looks great that you're chasing after this goal, but could you live without it? If you can't live without it, then does that really make you strong? Is that really a strength? Are you stronger than I am because you can't live without attaining something? Um, I mean, you would say to me as a seven, when I think I need to buy 14 different colored versions of the same thing because I am a seven and I need the one I don't have like Ariel, you would say, that's ridiculous. You know, that's foolish. Um, And I get that. And we'll talk about sevens when we get to seven. But I think it's a helpful thought, you know, for you as a three to consider, would I not be okay if, if I was just, you know, if I didn't reach this goal, if I didn't accomplish this, can I accept myself the way I am? And if you can't, that's something worth thinking about. And that's the shame and value issue, okay? They can be very authentic when they're healthy. Everything seems, uh, and everything they seem to be, seem to be. When they're healthy, they could become everything they seem to be. In other words, look beneath the surface, right? They might seem to be better than they actually are. There's more on the outside than maybe than, than they've developed on the inside. They've, they're imitating the best character traits that they see, but internally they may not necessarily know who they are, just like a nine. It's an interesting thought. 
Um, they can be role models who inspire others. Yes, when six, when threes are very healthy, they look like a six. They're, they're, they go from being the most valuable player on the team to being, um, you know, the captain of the team. Instead of, I need to be the salesperson of the year for 20 years straight, what does that get you? Um, probably a lot of envy and jealousy by the other salespeople. Why not rather become more valuable by mentoring the other salespeople so that they can become successful. That will make you more valuable to, to your team. And a healthy three will realize that, that I'm more valuable if I'm mentoring others rather than always just winning myself. Instead of being the most valuable player, threes accept the role of team captain or head cheerleader even. Okay. And again, threes need both the two wing and the four wing to be balanced. All right, let's talk about the four. The individualist, the romantic. Um, and I think there's a, the epicure. No, that is that a seven? I don't remember. I don't ever use that term, epicure. It sounds like I'm getting my nails done. All right, so the four, the individualist. Again, this is in the, the worth group. Um, and if I'm ordinary, then there's a problem. Think like that. Twos, threes, and fours are all dealing with I'm different than everybody else. Twos, I'm caring, I'm loving, I'm, I'm nice, I'm kind, I'm helpful. I'm not like everybody else. Um, other people, you know, um, are sometimes cold and calloused and mean and not nice and don't treat others well. I'm a two. I, I, I'm, I, I, okay, and then threes. Threes, I'm not like everybody else. I'm a leader. I'm, I'm an innovator. I'm a winner. I'm an achiever. I'm a most valuable player. Everybody else are sheep and, and you know, they're not disciplined like I am. They're not goal oriented. They don't have the hunger, the drive that I have. And then fours. Fours, you can see it a little bit more clearly that, that they have a problem with ordinariness. A lot of the types want to be ordinary, uh, which is, again, got to be bewildering. Again, let's go back to three for a second. The thing threes are seeking is what they bring. Threes are seeking, you know, um, achievement of goals, uh, winning, accomplishing, being all that you can be, doing all that you can do. And again, when they're healthy, they help me do all I can do. They help me realize that I could have some goals in my life. All right. They inspire. They inspire and motivate others. Fours. Fours, they can be the most, they might be the most obvious that they have a problem with ordinary. Again, a lot of types I think are very comfortable with ordinary. Fours, I mean, nines, for example, maybe some sixes, um, maybe ones, you know, they're going to just wear the clothes that, that are hanging on the rack without thought, without thinking, I need to stand out in some way. No, I don't want to stand out in any way. I want to blend in. I want to fit in. I want to belong. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to myself. Sixes don't want to draw unnecessary attention to themselves because that makes you a target. Nines don't want to draw unnecessary attention to themselves because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, ones are doing the right thing and blending in, right? And so fours, if I'm ordinary, then I'm replaceable. If I'm replaceable, then I have no value. You know, if everybody is wearing the exact same clothes and everybody looks the same and everybody does the same kind of job, then what value do I have? I don't. I don't stand out in any way. If I don't stand out in some way, then I am replaceable. And if I'm replaceable, then I don't have any intrinsic value. And of course, to you value types, remember, you know, every person has value, whether they stand out or whether they've accomplished anything. Walk through an infant nursery and look at the little babies who don't stand out, who haven't done anything noteworthy except being born, which is probably the greatest thing, you know, you ever do. <laughs> it's what your mom does, really. <laughs> Sometimes I get off subject. Okay. All of those infants, who would question their value? I mean, every one of them is precious, precious, precious. And precious value doesn't go away simply because you age, all right? It's inherent in your DNA. You have the thumbprint of God on you, right? God breathed into us the breath of life. So you have inherent value whether you stand out or are notable in any way. Fours have a hard time with this. 
So they might go about trying to figure out, you know, where their value comes from, what it is about them that makes them stand out, what it is about them that makes them different. Of course, the dark side of that is they might not feel like they really ever belong because to belong would mean you blend in and lose yourself, right? And so they don't want to blend in and lose themselves. They want to fit in, but they don't want to blend in. They don't want to just lose themselves into the group because they, they want to know who they are. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And again, threes and fives really need that four wing uh, because threes could very easily be like the chocolate Easter bunny that doesn't have a core or doesn't know their core. And so they need to, to get in touch with their core being. I always think of the three and the four as like the M&M, right? You know, the outside polished, shiny, what color do you want me to be? Look at my label. But then the inside of that M&M being the dark, unformed, bitter, sweet, you know, chocolate, and that's kind of fourish. Fours could feel a little unformed, unfinished, a little bittersweet, a little, you know, they're okay with, with the darker, more bitter things of life. Um, they may not necessarily, you know, really want to come across as polished. They may love things that are a little bit broken and, and seeing the beauty in that brokenness and may themselves feel a little broken particularly the four-wing five, right? Because uh, that, that four-wing five needs to learn to lean more on that three. Um, and fives, of course, need a four because fives could be all about the facts and statistics and never really be in touch with their own inner voice or their own inner intuition that the four could, could help them with. So the four, the romantic, introspective type. Introspective, they're looking inward. What do I think? How do I feel about this? What you know is my inner compass telling me? That would be great for threes, it'd be great for fives, it'd be great for all of us, but particularly those two right next to them. Fours are self-aware. Okay, that sounds good, doesn't it? Self-aware self-aware. I know what I think about this. I know how I feel about this. Um, that's, a, that's a very positive way of saying that. There, there's kind of a negative connotation to being self-aware. May not necessarily be other aware. You know, like, how am I coming across to others? Sensitive. Oh, that sounds good too, doesn't it? Sensitive. But of course, there's a dark side to being overly sensitive. Like, I think of fours having a, a, a very wide barn door for taking in anything negative about themselves, uh, construing a message and twisting it so that they must mean something negative about me. You could give a compliment to a four and within a couple of moments, they might turn that compliment around and, and into something negative about themselves. Not that you're being negative to them, but they tend to look at things. You remember, they're an idealist. Where does the attention of a one go? Their eye goes to what's off. If all the towels are folded except for this shelf, the one's going to see what's not folded correctly. So when force, being an idealist, when you, when you put them in an environment, in a context, okay, in a room of decorations or in a relationship or you give them a sentence that is designed to say something positive about them, where does their attention go? It's going to go to what is off. The, uh, the focus of their attention is going to go on what exactly did you mean by that when you said such and such or why exactly is that item placed on the wall the way it's placed is that really the best is that really you know communicating the feeling that 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 we want in this room so again the open barn door for taking in the negative message um, could be a lot could be difficult for a four to live with is they tend to turn things you remember their sin is envy right I forgot to mention the sin of the three is deceit I'm not very good at I'm not very good at this. I'm not very good at keeping my order, right? I'm a seven. It's I, I'm I'm. It's lucky that I even I've gotten this far, right? So, um, the the sin of the three is deceitfulness, and they sometimes believe the lie that that the clothes make the man, right? Um, fours, the sin is envy, and it's kind of this idea that 
everybody else is fine being ordinary, but I, I just can't be. Everybody else is fine, you know, working a nine to five job and living in a in a small little city and never venturing out to experience the world or the wonders of the world. And and I just can't, I just can't be like that. I can't, you know, settle. I can't settle. There's something about me that that is off, you know, that is different, that makes me and again, fours often come across the opposite way, like they're they're better than others. And I know fours probably have a hard time grasping that thought that fours, just like twos, can't imagine that they come across manipulative. Uh, they think they're being manipulated by everybody else. their their kindness is being manipulated and taken advantage of. Fours, you know, they they themselves, I think, feel like like everybody else is given a better deal than they are. They, they've been given the hand that, you know, they have to figure out what to do with this hand they're played. But they tend to come across um, as though, you know, they're more put together than we are. We all share our sins with everybody else. Um, you know, um, if you're around fours, an unhealthy four or average healthy four for a while, you might start to feel like there's something wrong with you. Um, and they might make you, they might, you might start feeling envious yourself. Um, okay. So romantic, introspective, self-aware, sensitive, reserved, and quiet. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with the quiet thing. Um, perhaps maybe, maybe quiet in, they're kind of wondering to themselves silently why things are the way they are. Why, why, what was said was said the way it was said and that kind of thing. And again, sometimes with fours, you may feel like you're walking on eggshells with a four because of that, 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 that tendency to have the open barn door for negative information and, and critical of themselves. Um, you may say something positive or something you intend to be ubiquitous. Is that the right word? Meaning I don't intend any kind of challenge or grievance when I say this, but it is taken by the four as an insult. It's taken as a criticism because that barn door is open to taking all the negative. And you may start to feel like, gosh, I can't, I got to be so careful with what I say because even when I say something, I don't mean anything harm. They take it in a negative way. Realize that's within the four. It's, it's not necessarily the people interacting with the four. It's within the four to take it in a, in a condemning way. What I mean is, you know, the four walks in and is wearing a yellow t-shirt, you know, and you might say, are you going to wear that shirt to the, um, and you might just mean, you know, um, I, I, you don't usually wear a yellow shirt. You, I've never seen that shirt before. You might mean it in a completely non-judgmental way. Are you, are you going to wear that shirt to the, um, to the concert? Why? What, what do you mean? And again, it might be just taken as you don't like this. You don't approve of this. You don't accept this. You don't think this looks good. And, and you might think, no, 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 I, I, di I didn't mean anything by that. I didn't mean negative, but it is taken as negative because of this tendency within force to take things, have a wide door for negative. Okay. Um, reserved and quiet. They are self-revealing. Again, that sounds very positive, um, but there may be negative in that, in that um, maybe we don't want to know what, what's going on or what you think or what you feel. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should have kept those comments to yourself. Sevens can be very oversharing, all right? And so um, I know as a seven that I deal with sometimes oversharing. Emotionally honest, good, and personal. But they can be moody and self-conscious. Self-conscious. What did you mean by that? Why are you saying that about me? You know, feel like, like you jabbed them with a knife or jab, you know, you, you stabbed them with your words, but you weren't intending to. And again, you might feel like, gosh, I, I got to be so careful, you know. Withholding themselves from others. I think the thinking is, if you really cared, then you would, you would come after me. So I'm... I, I'm going to back away or I'm going to, I'm going to um, sabotage this relationship a little bit. 
I'm going to tell you self-revealing. I'm going to tell you some dark thing about myself or some challenging fact about myself or some way I'm thinking that may not be in line with the social norms. I'm going to sabotage just a little bit and I'm going to see if if that's too much for you. And if you if you can't handle all that I am, then then we should just know that now and and be done with this friendship or this relationship. And if you really care, then you'll stick with me through this test. And so fours might test people a little bit. Sixes do it too uh, in their own way. But fours might test people a little bit to see, you know, are you going to give up on me if if I say this out loud or if I reveal this fact about myself? Um, are you going to are you going to turn against me? And if I were to back away from you, would you notice? Would you care? Again, you can see. Hopefully, you can see the the value questions in this. If I were to scratch you and move away from you, will you will you just abandon me like everybody else, or will you pursue me? It's a different way of addressing the same issue that twos and threes are addressing. Where does my worth and value come from? Um, and if there were some flaw in me, would would you abandon me? So the three is kind of the oldest child. Look at what I accomplished. Think of the four as being the, the other child. Okay, that's probably the best way to say that too. Not second born or whatever, but just the other child, the other one in the family that, well, well, what can I do? Where do I fit? What makes me special? I can't do the same uh, approved, admirable things the older, older sibling can do. So what is it about me? What's my thing? Is it music? Is it art? Is it drama? Is it, you know, what is it? And that question, what is it, I think is a question that could plague fours. They know they're different, okay? They know they're different, but they don't know what it is necessarily that's making them different. And I realize our culture might have a lot of ways of answering that for you that aren't necessarily the best, um, you know, and fours could maybe end up in trouble you know, because they'll let somebody else say, oh, I know why you're different. It's because, and then they might try to fill in the blanks. And a, and a four might investigate those, you know, um, other options for their life. Um, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm different because I'm an alcoholic or maybe, and I just, I just don't know that yet because I haven't, I haven't tried alcohol. So let me try it and see if that's what it is that makes me different. Or I'm different because, you know, I have some disorder or some, some, um, behavioral issue. You know, I have some kind of label that I don't know what it is yet, but I need to find out. So I'm going to go to a a person and find out what what it is you know that 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 makes me not fit in or not feel like I fit in. Okay, and again, the obvious question that we could all ask ourselves is: maybe you're just a four feeling four things. Maybe you're just a four feeling four impulses. Again, go back to my sevenness. When I walk into a store and I see twenty seven guitars that I want to, I want all of them. I'm a glutton, right? I want, I'll get them all. I want the red one. I want the blue one. I want the is there something wrong with me, or you know, should I go to uh, someone to find out what my problem is, or perhaps I'm just a seven feeling seven stuff? I'm aerial, you know. I'm surrounded by my collection, but I want that one thing I don't have, you know. I'm just a seven feeling seven impulses. Could it be that simple? Okay, um, they could be come across moody and self conscious, self conscious, self conscious, self focused, self conscious. Okay withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and effective withholding themselves maybe creating distance four wing fives probably even more so because fives love their space right defective and also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living remember ordinary i can't be ordinary ordinary means replaceable so i need to live in a way that's extra 
extraordinary. I need to dress extraordinary. I need to like music that's extraordinary. I need to eat a diet that's extraordinary. Now this could get exhausting, right? I mean, it could be exhausting to be a two, serving everybody. It could be exhausting to be a three, goals, 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 goals. I gotta have the most prestigious job, the most prestigious car. That could be exhausting. It could be exhausting being a four. And again, we see what you're running after. What are you running away from? That is such a powerful thought. It can be exhausting having to be extraordinary all the time. And again, remember, you're, you're going to be extraordinary. So how are you going to come across to the rest of us, right? But what is driving it? Envy. Everybody else is just okay being ordinary. Um... And a lot of times, ordinary is fine. You know, I mean, you go to the store, you pick up a pair of Levi's. That's like, or Wranglers even. That's like the most ordinary pair of pants a guy could wear. It's probably what I'm wearing right now, right? Ordinary. They're ordinary for a reason because they fit and they're fine and they don't stand out. And a lot of us are okay with things that are ordinary. It must be exhausting to feel like I can't be ordinary, especially if I can't be ordinary in any way. You know, my hair has to be extraordinary. My uh, makeup has to be extraordinary. My clothing has to be extraordinary. My music styles, my, my diet. This has got to be exhausting. And here's the thing, you know, the Enneagram helps you see. It doesn't. Maybe it's just for feeling for stuff. You, once you can break a little bit from your personality, you might realize maybe some of the ordinary things are great. Maybe ordinary music is great. Maybe ordinary restaurants are great. Maybe I'm limiting myself by having to be so extraordinary or have relationships that are extraordinary. Maybe ordinary relationships maybe are the best. Okay. And maybe I'm painting myself into a corner, you might say, by having to choose everything that's extraordinary. Okay. They typically have problems with self-indulgence and self-pity. I've been dealt a, an unfair hand. Um, it You don't know what it's like. Let me tell you about my tragedy. Let me tell you about how hard it was for me growing up. You can't imagine. Um, and, you know, the self... Let's see. The... Which one is the counter for? I should know this, right? Um, the self-preservation for. The one that can look a little sunny, upbeat, positive, right? But underneath is that dark stuff. Has realized, I can't really focus the attention on myself and my own pain, but they still are focused on pain and tragedy and suffering. Maybe other people's or suffering in the world um, or pain in the world. At their best, healthy fours are inspired and highly creative, able to renew themselves and transform their experiences. Uh, renew themselves, transform their experiences. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. I think I'd have to think about that some more. I would say, you know, fours bring the very thing they're looking for. I love that concept with every type. You know, fours, are, fours want to belong. They want to feel valuable. They want to... They want to fit in. They want to be understood. They often feel misunderstood. They want to stand out. Okay, what do fours bring? They make me feel like that. When I'm going through a problem or a difficulty or feel misunderstood, a four uh, who is healthy will help me see that I belong. No matter what I've done or who I am, that they will accept me the way I am. If I'm honest with myself and with them, they will accept me and help me to feel like I belong and help me to feel like I fit in and um, help me to see the beauty, uh, even in the tragedies, of, of what life has been. Um, fours really help. They're kind of the restoration people within us, you know, that, that, that see the broken and then can see the beauty in the brokenness and help us to see the beauty in the brokenness. And I think fours, when they're healthy, they help the rest of us feel like we belong and are understood. You know, a lot of us feel misunderstood, come from backgrounds that are less than perfect. And a healthy four, 
I think would be a great person to talk to uh, because they're going to help you work through your difficulties and hardships and, and, and help you feel like you've been heard and you're understood. Okay, well, obviously we didn't make it through all the types because I talked too much. And uh, so we're just going to limit this to uh, types one through four. And then that means I'll have to make some more videos on introdu introductions to the other types. Oh, one last thing about twos. If you're still with me, God love you if you're still with me. But one thing about twos, one of the ways that I think two could look like an eight is when they're going through hard times, um, they, they, they just you know, muster up this determination and go through that hard time like an eight. I just thought about that the other day. Okay, well, thank you guys for checking out this video. I hope it's helpful. And as always, be present to life. Uh, don't wait for life to be what you think it should be before you show up to it. Um, go ahead and show up to it now uh, the way it is and find the joy in, in the ordinary. All right, guys, take care. I'll see you next time.